Yo, yo, yo. It's the Game Time Show, bro. I'm Keith. Oh, I'm the Badger. I'm Stevie. And I'm Rusty. And I guess we'll be your bros for the evening. Wow, it's the Game Time Show, bros. Wow, it almost seemed, it almost was like that That open was like we haven't done it in four years. This uh, is the reunion show. Do you know when the last Game Time Show, bro, was recorded? Uh, probably when we had one kid combined. Right. Uh, was it, was, uh, did we I'm have gonna, I'm gonna two guess, presidents ago? I'm going <laughs> to guess it's March of 2017. February of 2018. So it's, ah, okay. it's been three wow. years. Only? But the. And it was, was it the episode tell? where you incessantly screamed my name? You couldn't tell from that cold open that it's been three years? That was. Subject to change, Trevor, and that was oh. the episode called Trevor Nelson. I'm just gonna dox you. Um, yeah, so sorry, I wasn't even on that one. I know, weird enough. I know. Um, so I, I honestly don't know why we're reviving this podcast. It's because you just paid for the the reup. You reup the subscription fee oh, for the website. Right? That's true. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. So. What I'm not I what to blow I up your spot? I just think that's literally the reason. I mean, that's got What this, I, this is like when a studio tries to bring back Hellraiser or something like that because they're going to lose the rights, so they're just like, I just fucking just throw it on that horror story. This is, this we'll is, get it for another six years. This, this is, is the, the Amazing third, Spider-Man. Yeah, this is the third Ghost Rider movie. Right now. Well, so I I actually let the Game Time Bro website uh, lapse, like me paying for it, because I thought it would just revert to. GameTimeBro.wordpress.com. Nope. They're just like, if you're not going to pay for it, we're just fucking deleting your website. So I was like, all right. That's how they get you. Yeah. So now I have to pay $18 a year in perpetuity just to <laughs> fucking. Just so we can hear ourselves talk about like throwing eggs at each other or whatever. Oh, God. But that, I mean, really, I would pay $18 a year just to keep that single podcast up. All right. Well, then you can. Going put your money where your mouth is. This is not my child. I'm just a cool uncle, all right? <laughs> this is your baby. I'm just a cool guy who likes to hang out, say some swear words, and then fart his way out. Do you guys remember what we do on this podcast? I, I kind of don't. I remember no. talking about like the Royal Rumble and maybe the Oscars at some point. Yeah, see, again, not game I time show, bro. Politics. That was third-party support slash uh, <laughs> subject to change. Hey, what about even Kevin watch anime? That's the thing. Uh, n- mercifully, no, it is not. Kevin, so, I talk about trying to revive it. It's not Keith. I don't want to put you on the spot, but what is the current score of the uh, Game Time Bro Olympics? <laughs> well, we definitely completed one of those. I think the Winter Olympics were drafted and then never we never competed i think someone drafted um your brother's ex-girlfriend <laughs> and named their team after her and eunice he he now has uh like one to two kids with a a, a wife yeah oh, you nice yeah. wang bro nice wang what? bro yep nice yeah. wang bro yeah, oh. yeah. Miss i her. remember that 
we were the team that didn't cheat. <laughs> oh no, that was actually the first Pro oh, Olympics. That was the the summer games. Oh um, right, but you at least we acknowledge that that was the one games? where you guys. Not, not to be confused with, of course, the man games. Oh. Or do we do we cross pollinate here? We cross pollinate. Man games. <laughs> man games was years before that. I earnestly don't know which of you were on my team and who were who was being accused of cheating and not. So I told Marissa about a shortcut in yep. the Super Mario 64 like ice slide, I think. Slide. Yeah. Okay. It was just like a known shortcut that was all over the internet. Right. Very uh, I knew it in 96. Uh, yeah, this, that- this doesn't feel too uh contentious. Oh, that's bullshit. That's total bullshit. Didn't you guys win anyway because we lost a fucking trivia game? With Probably. The, <laughs> B-Town, was a the, game. B-Town was the guy that made it, and he had questions literally about Stevie. Yep, that's right. I give you guys a lot of credit. This meant a lot more to you than it did to me. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know if I won or lost. Well, I don't remember. I was on your team. All I remember was throwing it, throwing a fit about getting feeling like I was cheating. So, I think what we typically do in this podcast is we talk about what we've been playing lately. Um, in the past, it's been for a week or two, but now you have three years of oh content. Oh my goodness! So you pick and choose what you want to talk about. I don't care. Um, but let's Since March of 2018. Yeah, so let's. <laughs> I mean, with the I, highlight, I encourage you to speak to the things that are a little bit more recent, so our vast audience will care a little bit more. Um, but it's really up to you. So let's uh, let's start with uh, Trevor. So <laughs> Bowser's Fury. That's the one I can only think of because that's the last one I played. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like, yeah, 60 bucks is Nintendo gouging my wallet, but fucking loved it. I had a real good time with it. It, I, it, it makes me almost okay with the amount of money you, you have to spend on something like so slim. Cause it's just one world. You just one little like plane of water with a bunch of, uh, little platforming islands on it. Um, and you, you grab stars, um, at like lightning speed so you just burn through the game in what feels like three hours but it is very satisfying do you play as bowser you do not so bowser kind of sits in the center of this like water world and just like every five minutes or so he just like wakes up and then he just wreaks havoc for like a minute and the whole world changes so there's just a lot more enemies and bad guys and things that can possibly hurt you and you survive that or you beat down bowser and you slowly progress and like you know unlock the world and eventually take down bowser as you always do sure Yeah, sorry. Way to ruin the story. So, Trevor, you only played the Bowser's Fury portion of Super Mario 3D World? Zoe and I started that, whatever, that Wii U remake that's a part of it. And eh, I I was never a big fan of that game. So, it's that fixed camera angle. It just doesn't work for me. It's the fixed camera angle, but it is the. I guess the name gives it away. It's not the side scroller, right? It is the sort of fixed camera 3D, like right. 
Correct. It's, it's like you know, it's a, a sequel modern to a 3DS game. game. Yes, I liked those games more than I liked the side-scrolling ones, but at the same time, I was always a bigger fan of uh, Galaxy and Odyssey. Yeah, you want you want a Galaxy, you want an game. Odyssey, and and Bowser's Fury gets a little bit closer to that. That's yeah, cool. So, but you knowingly spent sixty dollars on a like add-on to a game you knew you didn't like. I mean, there have been a lot of poor decisions this past year. There's just half of it. I think is just I'm looking for that dopamine rush of spending money and getting something. I wouldn't say we're three years wiser necessarily, but we're three years wealthier. Heavier. Wait, we're supposed to be three three years wealthier than when we were in 2018? Because that. Oh, jeez. I, I, I mean, what were you? Thing. Did you get the GameStop? You got to invest in the GameStop. I didn't know the GameStop. We're stuck in a... We're all millionaires now. We're in a Pandora, and I lost both my jobs for a long period of time. That's yeah. why I'm poor, Trevor. I can't just willy-nilly throw my money away. This has actually been a wonderful year. I've gotten all those stimulus checks. shouldn't even got them. Now yeah. it's on record. I don't know oh, what to do right. with them. Although I say I can't throw my money away, but when we get to me, I have a game that I just bought. <laughs> there you go. Well, let's lob it over to you. Buckets. Well, you've been playing more than just that. Oh, dear Lord. I can't name all the crap I've been playing. <laughs> we really want to go. It's going to be the next 90 minutes is me going to be bitching about Assassin's mm. Creed Valhalla and how much, like, terrible of an experience that was. I thought you liked that. You just led yourself into your own self. Go. Yeah, it's all right. So we're back to Stevie just like fucking jamming on the brakes in this podcast. It was such a smooth transition to you, Stevie. It was like so smooth. I gave you a layup, a layup. So smooth. No, 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 Trevor. He threw the ball to Steve driving to the hoop, and Steve, uh, Boston Celtics, Rajon Rondoed it way back out to the key. Yeah, and I'm assisting Trevor here. It is not my turn to go. Trevor played Bowser's Fury like yesterday, and there has been three years before that. And I also know how much Valhalla of shit that he can talk about. That's the point of this fucking podcast. How, how many games must I list? More than one? Is- we play World of Warcraft together. That's a game, you dingus. Yeah, barely. We're <laughs> not talking about the games you played with him. All right, let me just say uh, the medium, hot pile of garbage. Valhalla, uh, 80 hours of hot yeah, pile of garbage. Persona oh, 5, 108 uh, hours of a hot pile of garbage. Wow. There, I just. Uh, yeah, that's been my experience. You just want to talk about it, guys. That's right. So now I see why you've spent $60 on like a three hour. Pleasure. A three hour delight. Yeah. The only other thing I'll add is that Steve and I have been playing uh, uh, Valheim. Val, yes, um, that new. Uh, it's like Minecraft uh, Vikings, and that is a fucking delight. It is pretty wild. Yeah, serene music. Transition, Keith. So fuck yourself. All right. <laughs> it's definitely uh, not. It definitely is. I was the one that transitioned to me to tell Trevor to keep talking. I. I'm the host. You, what are you follow playing? my lead. What's up? Fuck your system. What are you playing? You we are not going to, to me. Is, uh, is the name of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. All right, I'll talk. All right. Let's get this fucking train back on the tracks. Uh, Keith, spirit the tracks. Ball- I have not been playing. You think that there are tracks. I have not been playing. Uh, 
I so I got a PS5 on launch day. Oh, you were the one. Yeah. Uh, first game I played on that was Spider-Man: Miles Morales, and it was a joy to play. It was probably five hours. Cost fifty dollars, so I'm not much better than Trevor. Um, Oh, I actually did buy that one too. (laughs) And isn't that like the addition to the game that's already been made? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it was like Spider-Man 1.5, but you played as Miles Morales. Because um, Spider-Man's on vacation. He is. H- him and MJ, spoiler alert, are on vacation. I'm just ruining all these games I haven't played, huh? You, you, f- you find it out in the first like five minutes. All right. Um, so Spider-Man Miles Morales was really fun, but I just kept wishing it was more like GTA. Like... You have this beautiful New York City to just swing around in, but you can't really interact with people too much unless you're throwing like garbage cans at them and they have really good reflexes where they always somehow avoid them. You know, I want to be able to get in cars and shit. Um, but the story was actually very strong. The swinging mechanics, the uh, like battle mechanics all felt great. Uh, I'm still caught up in the idea of like Spider-Man's going to come down and just like, oh, sweet, a Corolla, and just, you know, <laughs> jump in and take off. But that's what I want to do. Like, Be careful. You're representing the black community when you play as Miles Morales in Spider-Man. Okay? <laughs> uh, White I, Spider-Man is not stealing Corollas. He's he's Puerto Rican, I think. All right. Uh, he's a little bit of both. Showing my ass over here. I don't have a PS5. I'm sorry. Okay. So anyway, that was a fun game, but it didn't last long enough. So then I was like, all right, what do I play on my PS5? And I realized quickly that there's really not a lot of PS5 games to play. Um, so then I looked to, you know, PS4 games that I really missed that I knew I should be playing. And, and the next game I played, I think, was God of War. Oh, holy oh. shit, was God of War great. Like yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that because I know so great you, you you were not into it at the beginning. So I found that in the beginning, combat was just kind of boring, and I felt like I was so underpowered that I was just kind of cheaply getting through fights, like sure. throwing my axe a ton to keep the giant yes. at arm's length, you know what I mean? And yes. it, it just didn't feel great. I didn't feel like Kratos, you know what I mean? But oh, yeah. at some point I got I got there and then as soon as I did, I felt like all like everything was going my way. The story had really ramped up. I was very invested. Such a similar experience with the game, Keith. Where early on, I didn't, I did not understand the hype or or anything. And then there's, there's kind of a not necessarily one moment, but there's a point later in the game where you know Kratos is like, "Lord, forgive me," but it's time to go back to the old me. And you're like, "Okay, all right, yeah, this has got to pour again." Yeah, it that that really that really pulled me in. Yeah, what did you think about the ending? The ending um, threw me off when I played it. I mean, it was definitely a game that left me wanting so much more. It snuck up on me. I mean, the ending 
I thought it was going to a big boss fight. And agreed, and it kind of is just a series of quick time events. Which hey, that's that is a God of War boss fight of old. But like, I, I totally agree. There were. I don't know how many Valkyries you guys took down, but those were some tough Ooh. boss fights. I, I don't think I could finish the Queen Valkyrie. Okay. I think I, I did think... when that was it. I yeah. did none. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, fuck I, I this. Dabbled. I did like three of them, maybe, out of what I think it was eight or twelve. I, I was trying to get through games like as fast as possible. Yeah. Um, We've all been there. So I got through it, and then... Right afterwards, I broke my ankle. And then, so I just had a week where I could just play games and not feel guilty about it. And oh, Danielle, like, encouraged me to. Nice. I I beat Twilight Princess in under a week. It's great. Wow, man. It's like the HD remake? Yeah. And okay. it's probably 30 plus hours. And I... So I got in good five to six hours a day. It was awesome. Well, I got to catch up to you, man. I do not remember Twilight Princess to save my life. I played that through once when it came out on the Wii, and I, I think I just burned through it. And at this point, it's just like, you know, when you play those games, they're so fast, and then you just forget about them, and it just it just evaporates from my mind. So that's exactly it's, it's why. so funny. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. Oh, <laughs> um, no, I was going to say that's so that's exactly why I bought Twilight Princess. Again, this is the $50 game that I said I didn't have money for. I bought the remake because I, I did the same thing as Trevor. I was like, I don't remember shit from this game. And so I bought it and I just started. I'm like a half hour. In. You you guys didn't remember the spinner. How could you forget the spinner? The only thing spinner. I remember Twilight Princess was that you could turn into a wolf in Midna. And that's yeah. Yeah. Magnet boots walking on the ceiling of the fire temple. I mean, oh, but we okay, so, they had sure, but like I, I wouldn't have pinned that. One of the freaking uh, dungeons was a goddamn Yeti mansion. How do you forget that? I, yeah, you don't I don't. Go nothing. I got I nothing. Doing it, I just didn't remember it at all. So I was like, I wanted to play this again, and. With the the Nintendo Direct, I thought they may release some like collection of HD, which they didn't. The Skyward Sword instead. So I said, okay, if they don't release anything Twilight Princess at this Direct, I'm just going to buy the HD remake on my ancient Wii U that took me way too long to set up. Yeah, I I played it on my Wii U. I was definitely on the gamepad like the whole time because my kids were watching bullshit YouTube a lot of the time. So, but I rushed through that, and then I transitioned to Ghosts of Tsushima, is how it's pronounced, I guess. Um, Played that on my PS4. That has got, on my PS5, that's 60 frames per second, 4K on the PS5, so it's it's a great experience. That game, I probably put in 25 hours, maybe. pacing was pretty good but there was definitely a point where i'm like all right i'm basically done with this game and then there was like a whole nother five hours of kind of side missions um to get to the final boss but the final boss was very epic um and it was a great game i recommend it uh they they have these this cool 
the HUD really is non-existent. Um, they have a really smart way of letting you know where you need to go, where it's just the wind blows in that direction. So it's pretty immersive in that way. And I mean, fighting's just fun as hell. Um, it, to me, the best way to describe it is like, this is what an Assassin's Creed game should be, but isn't. Um, so I mean, that is on my list game is sitting on my desk right now and i will get to eventually but as a ps5 owner and fuck these other guys because right now it's just us um what oh, do you think geez. about well, like it's not like we choose not to it's like those things are still <laughs> hard to come by. you know oh. we're just I, I you know we're just better people we're better people better. I, can't, I don't know what else to say better people I um, just got an accidental stimulus check Trevor. Yeah. um we just throw our what, money what do you think of the Astros Playroom? That's the free game that is like that you can download on the console. That's really just meant to be a demo of the controller, but it feels like so much fucking more. So here's the thing: haven't played it. Ah! Uh, All right. Well, you got your homework. There you go. There all you right. Go. So I will play I, that. I it's just like the only thing I'll say for it is one of the most impressive things. So I got both consoles, and Bloody while duh. yeah, oh, wow. while the Xbox is like well, oh, oh wow, <laughs> yeah, it must be nice. Um, the PlayStation really feels like a new console, and part of that is because the controller has a complete overhaul on it, and. It's just like wowie wowie. It is it is very very impressive with the like um, all the different bells and whistles that are going on with it. And that game um, it really serves to highlight those changes. So get on it. So uh, do you think that all those changes with the controller, like, do you see other companies like really involving that technology in their games, or is it going to be more of a uh nintendo land situation uh or uh switch whatever that party game is where you can pretend like you're shooting someone with your your uh whatever the fuck joy con right i gotta think that they'll be able to make some use of it because some of them it is just like so simple like the triggers right it's not just one tension like they can change it so it feels like a click or it feels really tight at the beginning and as you squeeze it it gets tighter or looser you know there's always these different changes of just like you know if it's meant to be pulling a trigger or whatever you're interacting with in the game and it just seems to be like those small little features that really help with immersion and i also think like developers would have an easy time kind of customizing them to their game whereas like it's not some novel feature you can't work into your game so hopefully yeah will, people will be able to make a lot of use out of it whether it's the rumble or yeah those those adaptive triggers i can't really think of other things that are like i've never held one of these in my hand because again you know i'm like steve i am a uh you know, living on the other side of the tracks when it comes to uh, PS5 ownership. Um, but I've heard, I've heard this before, this idea that like, oh, the, the controller is super innovative on uh, the PS3, was it, where it was like, if you press the buttons with different pressure, um, you know, a tap versus a, a smash, so to speak. A dual shot. Um, and, and yeah, and then the PS4 controller has like the, kind of touch screen not a screen but like a touch pad region that like 
maybe did something on a few games, and if you accidentally brushed against it while you were playing a game, it was very frustrating. Um, I remember the Wii remotes having uh, built-in speakers, and also the, the look at the Wii remotes themselves, meant to be sort of the future of uh, video game motion controls. But mm-hmm. all these feel like gimmicks, and at the end of the day, people just want the same old uh, controller setup they've always had, in my, in my mind. Is the PS5 controller really going to be that different? Well, so that's where I think it would be. It's it's really the same old controller, but like pushed, I think, to maybe the the next level, where just the mechanics that have already being used have just been refined to the next best thing. Huh. So you don't really have something that's wildly doing doing something wildly new that you know no one else is. It's just going to be a one trick pony in that the regard. Yeah, I mean the controller models have all just been this pretty much the same thing. Probably. Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo. Nintendo even now picking up the a Pro Controller from the Wii U, where the joystick was switched where it should be, you know, quote unquote should be from where the other all the other. Oh, controllers. that's right. I that like threw me off. I was like going for the buttons up at the top, and I'm like, wait, no, that's the joystick. This isn't doing shit. And then and then the Switch, they were like, no, nah, that was a bad idea, and they just went to the basic model. I mean, the yeah. basic the ba- and basic model works, but it really yeah. does. I'm kind of with you, Stan. Like, I don't. It's cool, but like, the the gimmick well, is still a gimmick for a reason. And the older I get, the less patience I have. And I'm going to sound like Andy Rooney here uh, for learning new button mappings. Like, kind of like what you're saying, Steve. But even just going between consoles, right? I think of, I think of the PS, uh, the PlayStation controller when I think of uh, X, circle, square, and triangle, I know where those are, and if a square pops up on screen, I know exactly what button to hit. But with the Xbox and the Switch, or any Nintendo controller for that matter, they flip where X and Y are, and maybe where A and B are, and it, it just fucks with my head to go back and forth between systems sometimes and see, like, press Y, and I press X, and it really just ruins a game for me. X, uh, Xbox and Nintendo... The A and B are in the same spot, right? Okay, but the X and Y are definitely flipped then. The X and Y are flipped. I think it just throws me. So I guess I won't say anything more that I've been playing because we spent like 40 minutes on me. Um, So Trevor, finally, I'm going to throw it back to you because I think that's what you do in this podcast. What else have you been playing? There you go. We, got, we just keep, and I'm just going to take it, do a little passy move. I don't know what the sports terminology, and hook it's shot it around it's, the back. The term, the term is pass. <laughs> yeah, drop the wire. We'll lob that one over to Sheridan. Touchdown. Right. Trevor nailing his sports analogies. Fuck, uh, it takes all it takes, baby. We have mentioned a few games that I have, have played or are currently playing. Um, I played God of War in the three years since we've done something. So that I can say that is actually maybe not. Now that I think about it, 2018, I may have been playing God of War the last time we uh, we did that. I have finished it, though. But yeah, that was Nino Cooney was the other gag that where I never finished. That so game, God but. of War came out after our last podcast. So. Oh, it did. Okay. okay. Oh, boy. So, so I. So yes, Steve ever. is a liar. I I didn't. <laughs> well, that was a good that was a good sound effect, Stan. Oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, so I played God of War. I also thought it was amazing. Um, unlike you guys, I actually liked the slower start 
um, because it really led to for me. Was that how? Well, I was getting to that, I and mean, you asked the question <laughs> how, and then, now here we are, Keith. Perfect segue back and forth. Keith, here we go. It's, you it's need like if you're going to be on a podcast, you need to know how to, you know. Oh, you mean back and forth? Stuff like I was doing before I got interrupted by you. It's never stopped us before. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, no. So I liked the. It was rhetorical. God damn it! Oh, it it made it. It made it more uh, important later on. It made the growth more important later on. I didn't play the a lot of. I played maybe one or two old God of War games. Um, I don't think I ever played the third one. Trevor, uh, what else have you been playing? <laughs> Finally, some me time. I yes, um, but yes. So there you go. I liked I liked that part of it because it stressed the importance of growth later on, and it made it so that like you really felt that like this was a brand new start, and that's why I like. One thing it did really well, uh, I thought, early on, and I, I'm on the record is saying I agreed with Keith that it didn't feel like a God of War game. The combat to me felt clunky and and frustrating, but I think the further removed I am from that, the more I can appreciate it. I think back to a game like Bioshock and the coolest thing that game did was make me feel like just complete dog meat. Anytime a, a big daddy approached me early in the game, I was terrified of those things. Um, I did not know how to fight them. They would destroy him with their big drill arm. And then by the end of the game, you're like actively hunting them because you're looking for the the parts and the little sisters yeah. and whatever else. And it's God of War didn't quite hit that, but I I know what you mean, both of you, Keith, about like being frustrated and throwing the axe across a level to kill like a group of three enemies. Um, and then later in the game, just wreaking havoc as the uh, you know titular God of War. Um, I, I, I kind of look at it as like it's like yeah, Kratos is the god of war in in a different mythology. So you put him in a new mythology, and it's like he's not just <laughs> he's not just gonna like be the god. He's not gonna be a god. Like this is a whole other environment for him. This like, is a, I, I he, can kill Zeus, but uh, this rock monster is tough cooking. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, you're right. I, that kind of goes both ways. What I'm saying here, like like it may yes. He he is the killer of Zeus, and then he's like, "Man, it's hard to chop trees." Or like, you know, no, like I, I think, I think like, it was I that part of it. I think I can I can sort of bridge what you're both saying. I think it was uh, gameplay wise, it was an adjustment, but then later on, story wise, narrative wise, it felt worth it at the end. Like you don't have that yeah. awesome end game feeling without those frustrating, clunky early game. For sure, adventures and, and sneaking around, and also honestly, and like I, I mentioned a second ago, like it probably was that I just haven't played a lot of God of War, and when I did, it was year. I mean, it was so long ago. It, um, yeah, they so, were great, but they were of their time. I'll say yeah, that. Like I and I was like I played again. I think I played. I played the first one. I think I was halfway through the second one, and I kind of like gave up on it. Back again when PS2, back on the PS2 in like 2007, 2008. And I never really picked it up after that. So I haven't been as invested in the God of War franchise, I guess. And so that's probably another reason why I was able to walk in and be like, this makes sense to me. And I enjoy this. I enjoy that that growth here. 
But yeah, it was uh, also the only game in the series. I mean, obviously they rebooted it. They gave it the same title as the first game, which was cool. But it was they they went for something different with it, not just with the change of setting, but it was really story driven and yeah. character driven in a way that that the none of the previous games had been. No, nope. and I thought that mostly worked. I you know definitely like it's still God of War on some level. It's still going to be extremely graphic and violent, but they're 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 leaning into the 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 right and effective story beats on that and in my mind at least it, it worked pretty well whereas like all of the you know 2007 2010 games had uh like mini games where if you pound square repeatedly you can like fuck the shit out of a topless woman on a bed uh, i mean it really seems like the game much like chronos himself like have matured and become like wiser and quieter and more thoughtful and like you you kind of get that yeah like it's not because of the beard he has a giant (laughs) awesome beard now he has an awesome beard classic sign that time has passed yeah he's like he's like I'm, i'm going to the cold climate now um won't put a shirt on, better grow a beard. Mm-hmm. Won't put a shirt on, still shave my head. But I'm yeah. like, <laughs> still uh, shaves his body, though. Yeah, I probably, I mean, yeah. With that axe, if you're bored, like if you got nothing to kill with an axe and you're just chopping, shaving your hair, that makes sense. I'm surprised anything can grow at all. I thought he was like covered in the ash of his like wife and kids. Isn't that why he's all white? I don't uh, know. No, anyone. <laughs> I, I thought that he was just, like body paint. I really don't know. No, I think that's the whole thing. Like he he made some sort of. Uh, I'm I am totally grasping for straws here, but like I thought he had made some sort of pact to help his army or to help him be like an awesome warrior. But like it was kind of like a monkey paws kind of wish thing. Mm-hmm. So it comes back and hurts him. And like one of the places that are raided and pillage is his like town with his like wife and kid in it, and they're killed. And then as like punishment like the ash of their corpse coats his body like magically right. and well, that sounds broadly correct why, do, I think why doesn't someone e- called- why doesn't someone Ghost email in to gametimebro at gametimebro.com and let us know did you re-up the email address too keith or? well it, it comes with the the package oh that's a that's a throw-in okay <laughs> yearly subscription all right so anyway so i played that um I played a, a few other games in between, um, lots of like multiplayer games. As I mentioned, World of Warcraft with Trevor, I kind of got back into in the last three years. Um, Valheim, we just started, which was really cool. I get make uh, you know our few listeners and the two people that haven't played it, I would give it a shot. It's kind of fun. Um, not a big Minecraft guy, but this I think with with friends, it's a Minecraft plus survival game. So it's in when you're playing it with with a group it's pretty fun what Fortnite? what's that <laughs> are you talking uh, about Fortnite? uh no Fortnite oh, wow. is, is a bummer all right i'm gonna go back on twitter then all right um and so but as i mentioned earlier i have bought twilight princess i am planning on playing that because i literally don't remember much about it and a lot of the Zelda games that I've played in my years, I feel like I have a, a good lasting memory from it, or like a certain you know bunch of scenes or like mechanics. Uh, and I remember enjoying Twilight Princess when I played it, 
Mm-hmm. I literally don't remember anything outside of that. So I was like, so as Trevor mentioned earlier, like I wanted to get back into it. So fired up the Wii U, spent $50, and now I'm, I'm just starting out. I just got a Pona. I didn't name her anything different. It's just a Pona. Uh, I know. I, I love that you guys are getting back into Twilight Princess, uh, you know, four years or so after the HD remake came out and some like 12 or 13 years after the game proper came out. Yeah, you know. Um, I'm like, I'm on record as saying that Twilight Princess is my favorite Zelda game of all time. And that's not meant to be a hot take. It's, it's not meant to zag where everyone else zigs toward, um, you know, Ocarina. Yeah, you're trying to, you're, you're playing the controversial card, but keep going. Right. Of course. Yeah, no, but it, it's, it's it, to me, it's like the quintessential good, zelda game i mean there's there's plenty of good zelda games don't get me wrong but there's like there's cartoony zelda with well with toon link right spirit tracks wind waker i like all those games a great deal minish cap kind of uh uh, plays along kind of plays in that sandbox if you will but then like there's the you don't want to call it the adult zelda but like the the somewhat darker grittier sadder um you know the majora's mask themes almost really they take hold in twilight princess but the game itself is as big and broad and open as uh ocarina in my mind and i know for some people it was like well this is kind of derivative of ocarina i'm i i'm doing i'm hitting the same story beats as i was in ocarina and i don't i don't necessarily think that's true uh i certainly see it but there were you guys talked earlier about how, you know, which parts of the game you remember or don't remember and how it's all a blur to me. I don't remember even necessarily specific boss fights or uh, temples as much as the overall vibes of that game. And it was, it's right there in the title. It's, it's a very twilight centric game. It feels like the sun is always setting. It feels very autumnal almost. It's just, it, it hit me just right as this, uh, this really, nice you know mature without being adult themed um uh, zelda game expansive plenty of puzzles tons of items you've talked about the top the the ball and chain um what yet the the obviously standard of items yeah yeah sweeney in our chat mentioned something about a dual hook shot and i don't remember that at all no the oh yes i do remember the dual hook shot because after after so many games of just constantly like i get it i get the i get the boomerang i get the bow and arrow i get the hook (laughs) shot like they were finally making it a little bit different which i appreciated yeah my only complaint there would be like i wish we got them earlier you know, like it was yeah, such yeah. a game changer that if you had them like right after the water temple, you could have some really cool like puzzles in the world that we didn't necessarily get. Like the whole temple that you got those in, like the sky temple or whatever is incredible. And it's, I be- love that temple. it's because of that new uh, gameplay dynamic that I really wish I had uh, a longer time with. Isn't in the whole the first temple is the like the forest temple, which is pretty standard at this point, right? And isn't it just like full of monkeys you have to rescue, and you're using leaves yeah. and boomerangs to create wind gusts? I mean, it, it's very. I just the the vibes in that game where they've sat with me ever since I I played it. You know, twelve thirteen years ago for me, but it's you know. I'm I, looking I, forward 
forward to going through it again. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm excited you guys are doing it. I think Ocarina and others get a lot of uh, uh, praise, even linked to the past sometimes gets bandied about as like, oh, well, Zelda doesn't get much better than it was on Nintendo. Well, and I'm excited that you are finally playing Breath of the Wild. Finally. That's called a pass right there. That's, good. that's, a, that's, a, that's a classic pass. Move. Oh, all right. That's a pass. Okay. So, yeah, geez, what have I been playing in the last three years? Um, some highlights, because we, we can't get into everything. But certainly God of War, we've mentioned, we've talked about. Um, Super Mario Odyssey, I, I don't remember if I had played that prior to when we stopped recording. Who, who really gives a shit, right? I'm going to talk about it now. It was amazing. It was great. It was it was the sequel to Galaxy that I've wanted since Galaxy, and that's no knock on Galaxy 2, which was also excellent, but it was more of the same. Yep. It was it was that first real full-blown immersive uh, Mario experience. Like Every time a game like that comes out, Super Mario 64, Super Mario World going way back, right? Um, Super Mario Sunshine kind of uh, hit this mark, but what I'm getting at is like, Mario games are excellent at really showing you, oh, no kidding, this is what this new generation of, of video games is all about. Like, this is this is where we're heading now. This is, you know, what we're capable of. I, I just, I loved Odyssey. I didn't fully, fully beat it and get all the, uh, the bonus, like, endgame stars, um, but I got just about every star or... Were they hats? Were they shines? I already forget. Moons, whatever they were. Moons? I thought, right. Moon sounds right, right? Uh, anyway, I, I got all of them that I could prior to beating the game. So, like, I 100%ed the pre end game con- uh, content. And then once the post end game content opened up and suddenly there were twice as many things I could collect, I kind of felt, you know what? I've, I've explored every corner of every world. I'm, I'm probably okay to, to call this one. Yep. Um, but like easily a game I could go back to, would go back to, would sink countless hours into again if I had an excuse to. Um, what else? Uh, again, mentioned God of War. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles 4, excellent game, sequel mm. to a game I absolutely loved in Valkyria Chronicles 1, because 2 and 3 are uh, PSP only and Japan only, respectively, yep. uh, regardless. Absolutely loved Valkyria Chronicles 4, just like I did the first one. I won't spend too much time talking about it. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, the remake. That game, I mean, it, God, that was a game we were hyping way back, like in the early episodes of our first run through this podcast, what, like five years ago it was announced or something crazy like that? Um, I got me, big, like, blockbuster video game vibes from that. It was kind of fun. Like, if there's, like, an equivalent of a blockbuster movie in video game form, this sort of yeah. felt like that for me. Oh, so good. Totally. I, and I, I loved Final Fantasy VII Remake. I almost don't want to talk about it now because I could spend, like, a whole episode, if you will, or, or segment just really talking about that game and how the ways it did versus didn't live up to the original and what this means going forward and what I hope for from remake part two and whether I think it was clever or weird the way they kind of retconned a few things in, in remake. Um, but that was, I mean, far and away it was my favorite game of 2020, 
you know, when everyone was uh, locked down, especially at first playing last of us or playing video games. Yeah. No, last of us was another one. Part two that I played recently. No spoilers. Um, liked it a great deal. Yeah. We'll, we'll wait to talk about that until you've played it, Keith. I know there was some controversy. I mean, there's always controversy now whenever a triple a title comes out, and, you know, it doesn't cater to, to all four quadrants of, of, you know, that, but Keith, you, you honestly, you have not played Last of Us 2? No, that is on my list of PS4 games to play on my PS5. Uh, but uh, I'm looking uh, for it to drop to like 20 bucks. <laughs> I, I will say, though, that that, uh, that was my favorite game of last year. Right. And that, I think, is probably one of my favorite stories ever told through a video game and i think that is proof that we're just like scratching the surface of how this medium can tell a story yeah um learn as little as you can about the game um know as little as you can going in because there's a there's something they do in the game and i'll be as vague as possible that really worked very well for me and i think trevor you're like alluding to the same thing but you know it it there's a specific thing this game does maybe one third to one half of the way through it where you're like, Oh, Oh, okay. Ah, yep. Yeah. Nope. I see what they're doing here. I don't know anything. I just assumed people didn't like it because there were lesbians in it. I don't know. I mean, that's probably true. Because people (laughs) are the worst. I'll confirm (laughs) that there are lesbians in it, or at least that there's a, you know, a uh, female, female relationship. Um, But yeah, there's, yeah, there are there are other reasons people didn't like it, and oh man, you should you should play it and uh, have your own takes. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't love the ending of uh, The Last of Us One, and I think through a lot of conversations with Keith and maybe some of the rest of you, um, you know, I, I ultimately came to appreciate what one was going for, um, what it was trying to do with its ending, and and I think what it did, frankly, because we were talking about it so much with each other. Um, yeah, let's let's table it because I definitely want Keith to play this yeah, and hear what he has to say, and I want to think about where the story could go for Last of Us Three because I have takes yeah. on that. Oh, sure, wow. sure. Okay, I'll so, I'll uh, I'll make sure I play it as soon as possible. Cool, cool. Um, and then I, I also, of course, I've played a ton of uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I don't know if that game came out before or after we stopped recording, so it's possible we've never talked about it on this show, despite it being... Uh, I think it was like December that... 2018. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I mean, that's a game that like at least Steve and Trevor and I, and definitely Sween, have played just hundreds of hours of um, just killing time, shooting the shit, uh, getting, getting cranky at each other for like playing like little you know, little bitches or whatever, uh, (laughs) but it's, um, you know, it's been a lot of fun. I, I love about that game that they brought every character back. It really feels like, I mean, truly the ultimate smash brothers game. Like there's no reason for there to be another one. And now that this is out, there's no reason to revisit a previous one. I know Steve, you just like when you got your Wii U hooked back up, you were playing smash four for, for shits and games. Two matches just to be like, what is this? What was this actually? Yeah, like? yeah. And it wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimate is so good. But yeah, you, if, they Ultimate, smash, if they make Smash if they make a Smash five years from now, are we gonna go back to Ultimate and say this wasn't great either? What would know. you I, I don't think so? I would hope not. I would think what? if they made an, a Smash five years from now, they would do 
they would call it Ultimate Two and start yeah. with every because every character from Melee Brawl and uh, Four is in um, Ultimate, which is yeah. You can't get any more cool. Ultimate than what we're doing right now. Yeah. Right, right. So I, I mean, don't know. Some, or... of, some of the stages are missing, but like that's true. So what you know? I don't need Pokey Floats as <laughs> much as I would like to play it. We all need. Well, Floats because it seems like we just got it back with the latest uh, announcement. If anyone else watched the direct, but we'll, we'll get into the direct, I think, in a little bit. But um, I want to finish up by what have I been playing lately by saying that recently I did, in fact, play uh, start playing a game that I know this podcast went apeshit for, uh, and I had never played it back when uh, some of you guys did. And I am just very happy, finally, uh, years late to the party, to have played Nino Kuni. <laughs> Got him! Got him! That was it. Was such a such a long RPG. Felt very fetch questy to me at times. Um, very Dragon Quest like, in in not in a bad way, not in a good way. Just in like how it was. Um, but it was it was pretty good and. I, I really enjoyed the sort of studio Ghibli, Ghibli, however you pronounce that, um, aspect to some of the uh, the art, the direction, even the music. Just a very kind of goofy story full of like weird creatures that often compared to Pokemon, which I totally get the comparisons, but I, you know, it was its own thing. It didn't feel derivative of Pokemon. It felt separate. Um Anyway, just a, a, a really cool game. I've heard the sequel kind of sucks, but I am going to try it out anyway. Should. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I've been playing lately. That is sitting in my Steam library, one of those, when it, like the remastered Nino Kuni. And I mean, it looks amazing, but I just, I have not been bit by any sort of bug to, to like make me keep pushing through it it's, right now. It is. It came out, I think, in 2010, and it it feels it. Um, it's it's an older JRPG without 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 it all being. But know, it looks really old. good. Like on my yeah, computer, yeah. you can get it at really good resolution and everything. And it looks amazing. It doesn't look and dated at all. I, and but... I played it on. I think you you got a slightly uh, graphical enhancement on yours. I mean, I played it on the PS3, and the PS3 by no means an old system, but it was. I was stunned by how good it looked and how. Just how bright and colorful and crisp uh, the animation was, really. I mean, it looks like, again, uh, like a um, Miyazaki movie. You yeah. know, just, just that, that style makes it so easy to like. That style, it. yeah, and really yeah. very, very much a again a classic JRPG with like an overworld, several towns that you visit, you know, shops, armor to purchase, uh, tons of. Not tons of grinding necessarily, but a very grindy game overall. A lot of repetitive battles. Do that. But, you're like, oh shit! I need to, as you mentioned, call them poke. Like, I need to level up my Pokemon, or like, I need to go yeah. like a party up with my familiars. Yeah, yeah, and like picking which way to evolve some of them. Um, yep. I don't think they call it evolution, but whatever they they, they might have called it evolution. I mean, it was <laughs> it was Pokemon. They weren't trying to hide that, but. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, ripping just, off Pokemon was novel ten years ago, right? But yeah, exactly. Hadn't gotten stale yet. Um, but Steve, did I hear correctly that you didn't finish Nino Kuni, or was that a, a running joke you were saying? Oh, that was just that was the joke that uh, 
that we used to say because I was playing it for so long and <laughs> podcasting a lot at the time. Yes, uh, right. That you're, you're, I got it. Every week, what have you been playing lately? Had the Nino Kuni. But it. I so don't worry. Be, yeah. Lose shit and probably not have asked me to do this again if I hadn't finished it. So we're <laughs> perfect. Keith silent as a confirming yes. He's he's on Twitter or something. It's, I'm just uh, taken aback. I thought we were talking Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that game. Yeah, I mean that's fine. I started it up recently. This you is know. fine. I I thought Breath of, I had a great time with Breath of the Wild. It was fine. But I do feel like it was overrated. I felt like it was unless Keith's opinion changed from a few years ago, I am with Keith. That is one of the best Zelda games. For me, my my main beef with it was more like you have this giant expansive world. Cool. But I felt and, and yes, the game mechanics are made in such a way that like you can go pretty much wherever you want to go. And if you can't get there yet, just sort of like level up your character in the ways that you need to do. And you will be able to climb that peak or you will be able to get over to that place that you need to get to. But my beef was I felt like there was there were so many places to go, but there was so little to see. Um, I did not feel like when you play Skyrim, yeah, here's another place with a giant map. And I feel like it's dripping with lore and there's tons of secrets. And no matter where you look, you will find something fascinating to you. Uh, here, I felt like it was just, it was nothing. It, it, you would go to a lot of places and just feel bored with it. So Val- I'm at a, Val- I'm at a, it's a lot like Breath of the Wild to me, honestly. I'm in a part of the game where I'm about like five hours in. Um, I thought that initial starting point, that central plateau, that was a little slow for me. That was a little frustrating. Um, I know a common complaint with the game, especially for those playing it for the first time, is that the items are so fragile and breakable. It's That, to me, isn't really uh, uh, killing me right now. I, I understand that if I find a really cool broadsword or whatever, like maybe save that for a hard enemy instead of using it all the time. Right. But what's killing me, at least early on, is the very small inventory. Um, I'm finding that, like, I'm finding more cool weapons and bows and shit than I have room for. So I'm discarding shit before it can break. And yeah, that's that's going to continue throughout the rest of the game, no matter yeah, what. Okay. Like, even once your inventory gets large, I felt like I was still just chucking you know, perfectly fine, if not powerful swords, just because I had no room. Or you just start decorating your house yeah. with them. Yeah, get a fucking house. Yeah, get a so, house. Okay. So, I didn't know I could get a house. I saw that there's a stable that I've gone to, but I do not have a house yet. Steve, um, yes. you mentioned something about Bioshock regarding at first Big Daddy's felt like impossible, but then as you grow, you actually so, s- seek them out and destroy them. I think you're going to find something very similar in this game that I actually find more rewarding. Uh, like the guardians are very similar in that regard, but are those the giant stone things that have chased me a couple times? That are I'm like octopus like, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. and then like really fun music comes on, and I'm like, "There's no way he'll chase me up this hill," and then I sprint up the hill and like stop to catch my my breath, and then pan the camera behind me, and no, actually the stone guy is chasing me up the hill, and I'm just panicking. Um, no, that's been cool. I mean, definitely. 
Uh, and I'm, I'm also hopeful that eventually, as Trevor's saying, like I will be able to climb things faster and more quickly. And I, I love that the game has fast travel unlocked immediately because, yep. God, one thing that kills a game with an enormous world is just repetitious running back and forth across it. Um, but there's, I'm at an interesting point in the game where I've got like, 10 or 12 shrines so far and the shrines are cool they're little puzzles to solve most of them are pretty straightforward um some have made me think for sure like how do, how do i what if i pause this before i shoot that you know that type of thing um but i haven't you know the story has been completely absent so far and i've heard that this is a story light game um and honestly that's cool to me it, not every zelda needs to tell the same story every time this feels more shadow of the Colossus, where I'm alone in a big world full of dangerous things. And, you know, my goal is maybe to kill them all or, or something eventually. Um, so it's, it's been fun. It hasn't been for me, the like, can't put this down level addiction that I think it has been or, or was for a lot of other people. Um, and, it, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it. I'm enjoying playing it. I know I have far more of the game ahead of me than behind me. But at the same time, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm into it. It's, I'm enjoying it, but it's, it's barring something substantial. It's, it's, I can already tell it's not going to go down as my favorite Zelda of all time. I really like the freedom you have in that game. Cause it doesn't really need to hold your hand. Like if you want to start and you are incredibly skillful in the game, you can charge right in to the castle and go ahead and like try to beat the game. But you know, Obviously, you're going to go run around. You're going to get your character like you know more powerful. And by the time Link, you feel that Link is ready. That moment where you charge into the castle mm. um, to like really beat the game, that was incredibly satisfying to me. And the castle okay. itself actually has like lore in it. Like you will go and explore, and you will find rooms with like Zelda's yeah. journals and things like that, and start to get a picture of what's been happening. And that was really, really cool. And I kind of just wish like that was more than just in the castle. Like yeah. that that yeah. that vibe was peppered evenly throughout the world. Yeah. My I think the the castle was fully realized and mm, yeah and not many other locations were. Uh, certainly, so, I would prefer more like uh, differentiated uh, like dungeons um, versus they have the four big creatures or whatever the fuck they're called. Um, there's the pseudo dungeons. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I can't fully follow what you guys are talking about, which is it, kind of cool to me. It means this game hasn't fully been spoiled for me. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. so like, when I say it's one of my favorite Zelda games ever, <coughs> that it doesn't have its flaws, obviously. Like, I don't disagree with what you guys are saying, but yeah. I still just think that the overall atmosphere of the game was like up there for me with Ocarina, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker. Yeah, the, the game looks wonderful it sounds cool i mean it feels so inspired by miyazaki like just this light piano music half the time with like all this kind of cell shading ish look of, of bright vibrant colors it's 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 really something to behold but you know for me it it's it's despite it being beautiful it lacks real character in that and where i look at ocarina 
and Majora's and maybe even Twilight Princess if I ever play it again and remember what the hell the game was about. Those are games that like really felt alive and vibrant. Well, that's, you know, it's funny you say that because Link is a, you know, he's a silent protagonist in every game, right? But the different Links have had different personalities, I would say, throughout the years. I mean, the, the Ocarina Link is like just this noble hero who's sacrificing his childhood to, you know, save the world, essentially. Um, you know, nothing but he's, he's like a, a paladin, basically. Um, and then the Wind Waker, just Toon Link in general, just the way he's drawn and kind of some of his mannerisms, he's kind of a little cocky fuck sometimes, you know? Little uh, yeah. heavy, angry brows some of the time, a little, which is very different. And this Link right now, I would agree, has no personality. And that's fine. You don't necessarily need your silent protagonist to have personality, but the the world in general, I'm I'm finding it is beautiful. It's, uh, the graphics are, are the, the art design is very very nice to look at. The music is very nice to listen to, but the I, I'm I'm hearing what you're saying, Trevor. The the characters themselves. There's an old man on the plateau in the beginning, and you know, turns out spoilers you've all played it's the king of hyrule and he's like hey look you actually saved the world your memory's been wiped you were put in stasis for a hundred years um you need to do it again and it's like that's the most rinse repeat vanilla type of introduction you can give any link in any game i mean ocarina he was like adopted by the you know the forest elves or fairies yeah that blew my mind they're like you're not one of us (laughs) right right and then um you know, um, um, Wind Waker, right? He's just like he's he joins a band of pirates essentially to uh, to explore the seas or, or whatever. Yep, and it's and like Majora's Mask, know. it's like you've fallen into this weird Alice in Wonderland world that's going to die. So in three Mask, nights, Majora's Mask is maybe the coolest vibes I've ever seen in Zelda. Everything's just a little off, a little yeah. like I mean, hey, the world's ending. I totally get it, but there's a just a, there's a, it's a little macabre, um, that weird accordion man, um, that might've been an ocarina actually, but the, the, just a lot felt janky and weird and like off putting about Majora. And I loved that. Um, but I didn't love some of the gameplay components of Majora where you were always running out of time and you couldn't really just stop and soak in the world around you and just chill for a bit. You're always on the clock. The clock was always moving. Oh yeah, you're always anxious, like because you're always trying to think ahead and just do things, you know. Before you're trying to like optimize, days. yeah, yes, you're trying to optimize each of your three day paths through the, you know, through time until you can reset again or whatever. And it's, I don't know, just to bring to go back full circle. What I loved about Twilight Princess was you kind of got some of those vibes. I thought some of the darkness, some of the sadness and misery and loneliness and emptiness and nihilism but you could just chill in that world and like go catch bugs for a while steve did you ever play skyward sword no skyward sword and breath of the wild the two newest zelda games are the two i've not played well i've got some good news for you perfect segue keith Uh, i don't know if you watched the uh nintendo direct um but we all watched, and by we all, I mean me and Stevie, knowing right. that it's the 35th anniversary of Zelda, 
expecting oh. some sort of big Zelda announcement or the the uh, more information on Breath of the Wild too. And boy, did they deliver! <laughs> Let them have it, Keith. <laughs> what we got was a a port of Skyward Sword to the Switch for a whopping sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, they said it couldn't be done because of all the motion controls, but now we can play it on our Switch and swing our sword with uh, the right joystick. I or we could just play regular. <laughs> I'm gonna buy that. I, I'm. I don't know if I'll spend sixty dollars on it, but are there that's any definitely something I'm into? I don't want to go back and play this on the Wii U with the Motion Plus and no, you... you know struggle over swinging my arm around my living room whacking shit i don't know like i said earlier i think that we you got two kids for a bit of a gimmick one one kid's moving around you're gonna just swing your arm one day and just (laughs) it's gonna come around the couch at the wrong time (laughs) so i actually i really did i did enjoy um skyward sword um but i found it very handholdy and one of the least open world Zeldas there's ever been. And I know yeah. that... Um, even though it's Sky Wind Waker. Yeah. Even though you can fly around, there are just little openings in the sky where you can drop to like the various locations. Okay. But it, it felt like Wind Waker... It felt more like Spirit Tracks than any other Zelda where it's very linear in that way. Um, okay. But I also, I think they, it had some of the best dungeons I've ever played. But oh, I can't, I can't remember much. They, it's, it's one of those games I also feel like I can't remember. But they, it was retcon to be, uh, I think, the first game in the in, in the whole Zelda continuum. Yeah, right? Was that was that the one where they released it and they were like, at last, we're going to reveal the Zelda timeline that people have been arguing on the 2010 internet about forever. Yeah, and they were like, it turns out there's three parallel timelines. We kind of cheated, and yeah. But all timelines start with Skyward Sword, Steve. Okay. So you can't be a true Zelda fan without playing it. So yeah, there's, I, like, there's dinosaurs in it, or <laughs> I, th- I think it's even like before that, like humans are still living in the clouds because that's where everyone came from. Apparently, that's, that's right. Yeah, we 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 are just digging ourselves further into you know. In the future, we will all be mole people. That's <laughs> just living underground. But I, I couldn't tell you what any of the, the dungeons were like, much like Twilight Princess. It's one of those games that I just burned through. You know, it, it was I'm sure it was very entertaining for the time, but like as as quick as I played it, it left my mind. I I sort I was I remember more of for sure. I don't remember specific dungeons. Um but I remember the like little uh little like uh if it was a hook shop and it was like that beetle thing. Like I remember some of the abilities. Um, and I remember certainly the environment and like that main town and everything. And then like the boss fights and the, and the villain, I remember all that, but but Twilight Princess literally is just like gone. So less so, but so the point is, is I replay these games as, as, as you do to see like, did I actually like it or did I hate it? So so it was interesting in the, in the direct when Enuma was talking about it, and he was like comparing it to Breath of the Wild, saying that some of what they did in Skyward Sword uh, 
you know, influenced Breath of the Wild. And literally all it was was that you had like a meter for when you climbed a mountain and then and you had a little parachute thing. But these yeah, games so are so different. Yeah. <laughs> is that like a play? Like, yeah, you like, is it just, is that them just acknowledging the fact that, like, we don't really have anything good to share with you? So yeah. here's this game that you, maybe some of you haven't heard of. It's kind of like Breath of the Wild, kind of. So, you, you know, you want to hear about Breath yeah. of the Wild 2. Here's Breath of the Wild 0. Yeah, yeah, was, exactly. that on, was that on Wii or Wii U? Uh, it was Wii. on Wii. Okay. It was like a full like year after series. any other Wii game. And then it was yeah. just like Skyward Sword, yay! Like the, the Wii was the biggest system of all time, or at least it felt like. And then at the absolute ass end of its life, yeah, they were. That's right, they released that Skyward Sword game, and you because I think it came with a new controller. Like they had a controller with like slightly Wii more enhanced Wii Motion have it? Plus, it was called. Yeah, yeah, you, you had oh. to have that to play the game, and I think that was a big turnoff for a lot of people, even though it came with it. I think it was. I mean, even me, like I, I got the Wii Motion Plus, whatever it was called. But yep. the gold no, controller. No part of me was like, oh, what I definitely want here, six years after the Wii came out, is hyper precise uh, Wii control gimmicks. And you know? this, this is the bullshit controller gimmicks that I think you were calling out to yeah. way back in Rebel Peace Five. This is the crap that it's going to be a one and done trick pony. They're like, this is the future of uh, how we're going to play video games. No, it's because not. it's our, not our versatile enough for, yeah. for any developer to work with. Yeah. Right, right. So to to speak a little bit more to the direct other than Zelda, um, I got to say, I have never felt less like a Nintendo fan than watching that direct. I felt like if you're not from Japan, you couldn't even tell what was fucking going on. It was all like Xenoblade Chronicles and Smash Brothers and then like seven JRPGs and then like six Phoenix Wright-like games. And I'm just like, I'm not the target audience. You got No More Heroes 3. Exactly. Like, I'm ready to play some more Travis. kind of cool. Wasn't Splatoon 3 announced? Yes. That, that was very confusing, though, because I was talking with Steve about that, and both of us got this impression that like when the game was starting, I'm like, oh, shit, this is going to be like a Splatoon adventure game. Like, you pick a character, and, like, you customize it, and you just go out, and you have a sandbox map that you get to do your own fun little Splatoon adventures in, and then it seemed like, no, it's just back to the the Ink City. I don't know, I've never played a fucking Splatoon game, but... I was gonna say, cards on the table, I've never played Splatoon. I know it's, uh, like, it's one of B-Town's B-Town B-Town is the only person yeah. who plays Splatoon. Absolute. Uh, uh, he, he stands that game. I want to go back to the Super Smash Brothers Xenoblade Chronicles announcement. Here's my confession. I've not watched the the reveal video yet. I don't know anything about these characters. There there were two very weird things about it to me. I, I just, they show this, they show this trailer and all the characters are referring to Smash. Like we're in Smash. We know we're in a video game. I found that very jarring. And then they show like 16 characters and I find out only two new characters. Well, one character with two skins is coming to the game. And honestly, they just look like Fire Emblem characters anyway. So as someone who's not a fan of the game, I'm even less so now. No, they don't look Fire Emblem characters. They look like anime waifu characters. They are (laughs) boobies all over the place. Put a fucking cape on They're going to make... 
they're, they're gonna make, from Fire Emblem. They're gonna make Zero Suit Samus very jealous. Like I, I don't know. It was a weird poll. Obviously, like there's all these short lists of what fans are looking for in like these games for like, especially if we're thinking about uh, properties outside of Nintendo, whether it's like going to be Master Chief or like Crash Bandicoot or something. And just I, it totally felt like everyone's like, oh yeah, Xenoblade in the second one, which I don't even think anyone was that crazy over. But I guess we'll 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 pull the character and and and, and see. I don't know where these characters fit into the story. But from what I understand, they are like weird little waifu slave robots to the main character. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's but, a weird pull in my mind. Why are they breaking the fourth wall? Well, uh, every Smash trailer does some shit like that. Why? It doesn't make any sense. Because it's cute, Keith. Is it? It's fun. I don't so fucking you... get it. I want more nostalgia from Smash Brothers, not... Well, that's that's the problem, is what Smash is trying to do on some level at this point is if they can get, you know, even a 1% sales boost to, like, diehard um, Xeno Saga, Xeno Gears, Xeno Blade, whatever the hell we're talking about, you know, if they can tap into that fan base even 1%, that's what they're going for now with all these third-party... Um, for me it's not necessarily that it's they're trying to balance their american market and their japanese market well it's all japanese at this point no it's not banjo and kazooie was 100 percent american i'm talking about the if you watch if you watch that fucking direct and you think they're going after the american market you're fucking crazy because all it is is japanese anime and fucking games that sweeney plays that's it just while we're on Smash, though, and I know Keith's talking about the Direct as a whole, the Smash DLC character reveals have always been a bit of a mixed bag for me. There's been a, a, a ton of characters who, when they get announced, I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, uh, why not? I've never heard of this guy, but I'm sure this is appealing or at least an interesting character or whatever. Um, the last character that was revealed before this Direct, like back in December, was Sephiroth and, uh, from Final Fantasy VII, and I lost my mind about that. Maybe not as much as uh, Hungry Box there going viral, just legit losing <laughs> shit. But that was, I mean, that was a, a character I had always imagined in Smash, but never thought they could pull off because I thought they were just done licensing yeah. Final Fantasy and then Square um, content after Hero. But it, it like, if if even one of the six characters, I guess, in any given bundle. Um, is amazing. I mean, most people are not playing most of the characters most of the time. So I'm okay with them taking some weird, uh, weird shots. You know, um, I'd rather see weird and out there and different and not for me than like, Oh, um, we added Dr. Luigi. He's Luigi and Dr. Mario, but, but not really, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I, I see Waluigi, but you know, I guess I'm just getting so you know now that Smash has kind of evolved into this such this giant like bag of IP. I just want to see them keep pushing the bar of where what what new brand can you soak up next? All right, so to end this podcast, I want everyone to name one IP they want to be brought into Smash. I would love to see the motherfucking Undertaker in Smash. <laughs> oh my god the pile driver onto like bowser's head oh it would be amazing aren't yeah. there additional 
aren't there additional legal hurdles to clear if you start bringing in the uh, WWF roster from like 1998? Yeah, it could happen. Weirder things have happened. Would you? Is, is everyone in agreement they don't want another sword character? Correct. No, I'm. I'd honestly be fine with another sword character if they did it differently. Like Sephiroth has a sword, but he's not the same as all those five. It's it's a huge sword. Yeah, that's very true. Right. Undertaker with a sword are very anime, but they don't. And and actually, Pyra and Mithra literally are a sword that is in the game. Pyra, I mean, you don't have to explain that to me. That makes total sense. (laughs) Of course, you're. Wife anime slaves are your sword. They're your sword. So they're yeah. the sword character. Um, they look different, just like Sephiroth has a sword but looks different. Um, but I, I am I do wish that they would give something a little like you know I'm into the weird and the 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 wacky. Um, I know like Gino from Super Mario RPG has been mentioned. Right, tons of people are trying to get in. I think he has been deconfirmed completely, but I would love to see him in there. Um, but like, give me more weird. I don't know. Do I would love Ace Attorney, or like yes, um, yes. That I I I'm behind that. If you want to get Phoenix right in here and just have him be like objection, that is my answer. I'm going. I'm going Phoenix right. I would love to see Earthworm Jim. Ooh. I don't know how they would bring that back, but that would be that'd be fun. I love that. That would be amazing. I would love just just like you know he he's able to shoot his little ray gun. He fucking gets to pull his worm body out and whip it at people and grab them and throw them. He could have one of the best throws in the game. Um, and I don't know, maybe something with causing cows to fall on people. That 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 that's my take. It's a good take. I, I guess that leaves me. That leaves you, Stan. Uh, oh boy. I mean, I would. It, there's so many characters I'd like to see second. Um, sorry, there's so many IPs. There is so much IP in the game represented by one character where I would love to see a second character, if that makes sense. I'd love to see, uh, like, Tails in, in addition to Sonic, I think would control totally differently. You'd have some interesting jump and flight and glide mechanics. Ooh, or, or Robotic. Robotic would be like Bowser Jr., kind of, but the size of DDD. Yeah, that, that could be cool. Um, nerding out a little bit, but I love that Mega Man's in the game. I would love to see Mega Man X in the game, or Zero, perhaps. I mean, different movesets. Zero has a sword. I'm sorry. You banned swords. I don't care. I want Zero. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, if, if everything's on the table, I guess I would really want to see um, the guy from The Witness. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Can it- just, right. just solving puzzles while Smash unfolds around him. Can I change my answer? Sure. Green Ranger. Tommy. Tommy. But the candle's burning, so he's he's going to die soon? No candle. No candle. Tommy's Tommy. You just said Nintendo was going to Japanese, and where do you go? Hard Japan. No, yeah. the American oh. version. Tommy. Yeah. Tommy doesn't get more California surfer bum than him. The latest... <laughs> You're talking about a, a, a cross character because Pyra and Mithra, the latest one, is going to be like Zelda and Sheik back in the day where you can change. It's going to be the so same. So he goes Tommy to Green Ranger. You're a White Ranger, yeah. Why? I guess Keith loves the new Smash, so he just know. pulls up a little dagger. Well, if you're pulling in the Power Rangers, I would like to pull in 
uh, all four Ninja Turtles. Oh, um, yeah! Mortal Kombat from... already got them, baby. Mortal Kombat already got them. Did they really? <laughs> yeah, Mortal Kombat has the fucking turtles, and they have, <laughs> and they also brought in um, Stallone and I think Schwarzenegger to do both Terminator or whatever the the T two hundred and uh, 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 Rambo. Let's Rambo. bring Sub Zero into Smash. I would love that. I would love Sub Zero and Smash. I'm cu- hold on. The turtles in Mortal Kombat is this a real thing? Fuck yeah, yeah. There's a, there's even like a compilation of all. No, it's is it Mortal Kombat or is it DC? It might yeah. be the or um, well, it might be the DC fighting game. Well, actually, what would their fatalities be if yeah, they? So, see, I don't even look at it they, that way. They just I eat pizza it. over your corpse. <laughs> go cowabunga! If somebody go to shell. They teabag, are, yeah. Are we going to watch their shells just get ripped off? Like, oh. that's brutal. Speaking yeah, I, I think it's actually, it's, it's, so he's, they're not fighting against, like, you know, Luke Hang and Raiden and that shit. It's like Batman and Superman. Okay. So, because okay. I forget that, I think that's where they're, you know, speaking I mean, of fighters, or rather, speaking of teabagging, um, I do think Master Chief would be a pretty cool Smash character. Oh, yeah, Master Chief would be awesome. Jetpack for slow, sure. You give him a high jump. In a, but a slow, clunky, weird jump, and like you know, he has the assault rifle. One of his specials is the needler, but you have to get seven into a person, and then it deals heavy damage. Armor lock. Really there you go. Well, armor locking is basically shielding, right? Shield. You got to have a sticky bomb too. You got to you got to be able to stick people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You yeah. like snake. I mean, you sort of model them after that, right? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I just want him in a warthog the whole time. <laughs> oh, he could he could have like the Wario side special, but it's a warthog <laughs> instead of the... be the mongoose. Mongoose fits better. Hey guys, I don't remember how to end this podcast. Fellas, what time is it? Somebody bring me a mirror.